Hey everyone, so this podcast is a little bit longer. I've never done a 45-minute podcast with anyone, but uh, I will tell you that if you do not know who Lisa Grossman is, to have her on this podcast is a huge, huge honor. She she likes to be humble about everything, which I love and I appreciate, but she is an actual living legend. So I hope that you are listening to this from somewhere that you can take a lot of notes. This is definitely an episode I would listen to multiple times. And I guarantee you, whoever the most successful people in your company are, they know who Lisa Grossman is. And so this would be a, oh God, it would be the perfect podcast to maybe have during this quarantine right now, if you're listening as I upload this, a uh, perfect homework assignment for your team, a perfect working exercise for your team. She really just rips and roars through this and tells you ways on how to build a legacy business. And I feel like, especially right now, as a lot of us are maybe working from home for the first time ever, uh, this is a great opportunity to just get some tips and some advice from somebody who knows a lot more about how to have elongated, prolonged success for your entire career. So I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. I loved my time with her and uh, I hope you are all staying safe and I hope you get a lot out of episode 73 of the podcast with Boss Lee and Lisa Grossman. Hello, hello everybody. What's going on? It is Jesse Lee. You can also call me hashtag Boss Lee or the People's Mentor. And today I have a special treat for you. An actual living legend is going to be on the line with me. But in case you are not pulled over on the side of the road with a notepad and a, and a pen and a paper and whatever or quarantined in your house, I highly suggest you do so because every single time I've heard this woman speak, there is nothing but gold coming out of her mouth. So as always, make sure you screenshot this, you share this, you subscribe to this podcast, you leave a review because we do not run ads on this, but we're going to have to if we don't get these reviews up. So I'm kidding, but let's make sure we get this thing rocking and rolling and you share with some people that need to hear this. Who I have on the line today, I must say, she has to be my favorite person in the network marketing space. And so I'm sorry for everybody else who I also love and adore, but she, she, or she's got the title. She's number one. I have on the line an actual, like I said, truly living legend. She's been in the network marketing profession for over 31 years. She's been on every single positive, powerful stage you can be on. And every time she does it, people leave there just absolutely shaken to their core with the knowledge she has on how to run businesses and on how to succeed in a space that not that many women in the past when she started especially had succeeded in. She made her first million dollars a year in the 90s when like no one was making money like that. It was literally basically impossible. And she continues to now make, not to make uh, income claims. This is not normal. She is not normal. Multiple seven figures a year in her business now. And so I'm telling you, please make sure you take notes. She is also a mom of two. She is a wife and she's an incredible business partner. And I'm so blessed to call her not only one of my closest friends, but also my upline. I am the luckiest girl on planet earth and I am so excited to introduce every single one of you to the one and only Lisa Grossman who is going to lay down how to build a business long term that lasts and will pay you for a long, long time. So Lisa Grossman, holy cow, we got a legend on the line. What are you uh, doing? A legend that's flabbergasted with an introduction like that. Y'all should turn this off now because I feel like I'll only disappoint with every word I said to live up to that. But so happy to be here and, and thanks so much for having me on. Oh, no. the Trust me, this is... 
This is what I'm talking about. You're, you, you know, uh, you humble me every day. You make me want to be a better leader for, for people. And I love that even with all of your accolades and all of your success, you are still so willing to help and support and be a friend to so many people, especially in, in times of need. So you're the best of the best. Can you tell us some ways to hopefully be able to build businesses like yours as we continue our network marketing journey? Well, I think the most important thing when you set out to build a great business is to acknowledge that you're building a business because there's nothing wrong with making money part-time. There's nothing wrong with having a job. But when you decide to build a business, it comes down to what you are creating. And so many people fail to make that distinction. And the reason they don't ultimately achieve the success they wanted was because they never defined what that success meant, Mm. what it looked like. So you have to have a very clear vision and it's, you can always expand your vision with time, but the more specific that you can be, the more that you can feel it, taste it, touch it. Uh, to give you an example, just to um, use as an exercise, what is your dream car? Now, some people will identify the car, but a person who's going to end up in that car will be able to tell me the car, the year, the color, the make, what kind of a stereo it has, what they've got on their dashboard, what they have around the rear view mirror, uh, what they have their license plate saying, how much that car costs and how they're going to get it. Because the more specific you can be, the more it drives the behavior that takes you toward that vision. I love that you say that and the specifics is so important. Uh, I actually also love to coach people on to do the same thing with houses. Like go on Zillow. I want you to find the dream house with the dream pool, with the dream bedrooms, with the dream kitchen, with the little spigot, whatever uh, thing. And I, and I, I love that you, even at where you are in your business with your level of success, you're still coaching people to visualize and that brings me to, I, I hope I'm allowed to make you a little uncomfortable today. I don't know if I already have, but. Um, um, <laughs> if anybody can, you can, because there's nobody on planet earth that I have learned as much from in my late life or chapter three of my life from other than, as you. I appreciate that. Thank you. You teach me every day. Uh, so you've had tremendous success. So I want to know now, uh, because I know you always want more. Everybody always wants more. People think, oh, I'm going to hit this level and then I'm going to be happy. I'll be fulfilled. So I know you're still hungry. That's why you're still chasing this. I know, by the way, Lisa has a birthday coming up in a couple of days. She probably thinks I forgot. I did not. Uh, no, she knows I didn't forget probably. But um, I, I will just say, um, you know, she's she's not old, but she's not young. She's had so much success and she still wants more. So Lisa, what is next for you? Like when you talk about visualizing, I know you have the car you want because you don't even drive anyway. You have multiple homes around the world. You have, I mean, I've seen your closet. I've seen, I mean, you have got it going on. So for somebody who's already amassed so much success or maybe speaking to the people who they have a really hard time seeing things and visualizing things. My question for you would be, what's next for Lisa Grossman? Like, what is, what are you visualizing today? You know, we always want more. I think things change over time. Your goals change. What's important to you changes. I'm going to be 58. And like Jesse Lee, that says it's not old, 
at least I don't feel old. I feel younger the more I chase and the more hungry I am. But I think that you go through different phases of your life where you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Sure. So it started out with things. Um, and let me give you a caution on this. It started out with things because I thought that if I had those things, other people might like me more or be more impressed by me, or I would feel better about me. Don't waste your time with those things. Get things you really love or really want. And then it was um, things for the people that I loved, you know, mm. and trips and peace. As I got older, it really became about wanting more peace, peace for me, peace for the people around me, less drama. And what I got addicted to was people telling you that you made a difference in their life or telling me, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing like going on a stage or going to a city or going somewhere. And somebody that you've never met says to you, you know, I listened to you once. I saw you once and something you said, something you did caused me to question where I was at and change my life. And I got addicted to that. There's nothing, there's no purse that you'll, that will make you feel better. <laughs> you know, no makeup, no article of clothing that is as addictive as the idea and realization that you, whoever you are, wherever you are, have the ability to make an impact on other people's lives, to give people a chance to make a change, to make a difference every day. And I want more of that because I feel like the world needs it. And I feel like no matter how much I talk or how fast I go, I'm not going to reach any everybody that needs to hear that message in time. Mm -hmm. So I want to get more people in the army of sending that message, and I want more people to hear it, and that's what drives me now. Okay, so then I have a question about that. So that requires finding more people, like you just said. Now, you've obviously mm -hmm. been a master prospector, master closer now for decades. Where do you find people? How did you build this uh, this empire that you have, I mean, your, your business businesses, I mean, you still have a seven figure residual income from a separate company. You haven't touched a stage on in over a decade. I'm pretty sure it's what you told bananas. How, I mean, literal goals everywhere. God, mom, you're so good. Tell me how, how, how are you finding all these people? Like, is it relationships? Is, I mean, what I need to know, you want to impact these well, people. I'm so I tell you. Okay. First of all, I think I was what they now call an attraction marketer mm. before I knew what it was or it got a name. And I never thought of it that way. But write this down, folks, because this is a Lisa quote. Life is a contact sport and you got to get in the game. Mm. And I contact people. You see, so many people are so short-sighted in what they want because they don't have that long-term vision we've been discussing. Mm -hmm. What I want truly is I want to be everybody's first phone call if and when they're at a point in their life where they want advice or direction or something to do or someone to work with. And I approach life from that direction. So I'm always of service with no agenda. And be, because there's only 24 hours in the day, I try to be of service to people that are making an impact. Mm -hmm. I try to make us be of service to people that have the potential to make an impact. That if you help them over that hump, they'll make an impact. And the reason is not that I don't want to help everybody, but one-to-one, -one, if a person's not going to take what you try to do and help them and go out and share and replicate whatever it is, is not going to get the kind of traction you want to get in the world to change the world and make it better. And I believe we all have the opportunity to leave whatever part of the world we touch better than we found it. Mm. So most of the people that I know come from relationships because I went out and I found people that I respected, I admired, 
they were accomplishing things that I wanted to accomplish or they had an attitude that I admired. And so many people look for people that either A, are starving to death uh, mentally. There is nothing wrong with being broke uh, financially. It is a bus stop. And you can get up off that bus, discover your resourcefulness, which will make up for your lack of resources, and off you go. But there are people that are broke mentally. They're not ready for all the help you would give them. So when you invest a lot of time there, it doesn't usually yield a happy result for you or the ability to know that you had an impact that's going to outlive you or ripple away from you. So, so that's really it for me, is follow people that you admire and love and who get you and who accept you and who you can accept. And as Jesse Lee would say, your tribe will find you. What is it? The vibe of your tribe. This <laughs> your vibe attracts your tribe. tribe. Yes, ma'am. Same, yes, same, ma'am. Same story. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love what you just said. I want to I want to reiterate that because I think it is so strong. Life is a contact sport and get in the game. You have to contact people. You know, even with this whole attraction marketing thing, I've been talking a lot about this on my podcast and on on lives and things of that nature. I see so many people uh, doing very heavy attraction marketing. So they have people that are clicking like, and uh, she stuck her tongue out, by the way. I know you couldn't see it. Like, Uh, they're, they're they're doing the posts and they're doing the lives and they're doing all the things and they'll tell you they're doing all the things. But they're not contacting people. And I, I think that's so important. And then I, I loved your directive on who to talk to, especially when you said people with a great attitude. You know, I find that a lot of the time, especially as you get excited when you're talking to somebody who says they have all of the success and they've done so much, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, you have these people who you should just follow that energy where whether somebody's had no success or not, they can have success with you if they have the right attitude. And so I, I really think you, you nailed it with that. Um, so just out of curiosity, how, how many people do you think it takes to create a company that can build or a team or an organization that can build legacy? Cause I, I feel like people quit so early. It's like they make $10,000 a month and they think they've made it, right? So how many people, or, or how would you know when it's time to maybe switch from that stage one, build, 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 build activity more into stage two, which is more of kind of like a managerial role? Well, first of all, I believe you always need to be in phase one mm. and not only to have a successful business, but to have a successful life. Think about this. Can you imagine a point in your life where you say, you know what? I know all the amazing phenomenal, fantastic people that I need to know. So I'm not going to go out and keep trying to meet amazing, phenomenal people that perhaps could help me change the world or help me make it better than it is or help the people that I already know by bringing something different to the party that I am. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense to me. So I think that you always have to be expanding your network. But one of the things that I really want to say to people when you ask how many people, I want to give you a two-part answer. You know how many people it takes to be build a hugely successful business? One, that's you. You pick something that you love, pick something that is makes sense after you love it. Love it first, then make sure it makes sense. Because you need an enormous amount of people to achieve what you want to achieve in life. Every great thing does. Mm. But the only particular person you need is you. And if you do you every day, knowing where you are going, you are going to find people that see what you see 
that can embrace the vision that you are articulating and who are going to want to run to that place with you. Mm -hmm. And by the way, many more people will tell you no than yes. And that's great because time changes things. Mm. Can you give me an example of time changing things for you in your business? Like maybe tell us a, a time when you uh, maybe even wanted to quit examples. or maybe you did okay. quit. Like I would love to know. Well, first of all, I'll give you two. One, I want to quit 26 days a month <laughs> because the very best thing about the people, this business is the people. And the very worst thing about the business, of course, is dealing with the people. And most days, no matter how exciting your life is, we're talking about the business right now. Most days in business are consistently doing the same things over and over again and finding the attitude to remember that the people that you're talking to are looking for it for the first time. And that can get mundane and that can get boring. And so you think, well, gee, I want to quit. But every once in a while, you'll have a day that is the cherry on the whipped cream on the ice cream of the brownie that is life because you'll see an aha moment and someone's eyes go off or you'll meet the person that you've been missing for whatever reason. It may not be financial, which brings me to the second story. Um, when something changed for me in my business, I'm on the phone with a incredible girl, woman here by the name of Jesse Lee. When I met her, I wouldn't say that she was particularly doing cartwheels and, and uh, cheers on top of the Empire State Building because she was so happy in her business. But she was a businesswoman running a successful business that other people depended on. Mm -hmm. So, but she was making a great deal of money. And for when you look to the future, there was no reason to believe that that would ever change, that her circumstance would ever change. I had come back into the space after retirement for a while. I was doing very well. There was no reason to look at my circumstances and think that that would ever change. So when Jesse Lee and I became soulmates, for lack of a better word, because she's like another daughter to me, I never imagined that we were going to be in a business together. There was no reason to. And yet... Things changed in her life. Things changed in my life. And now we've been working together for two and a half years. What if I had quit? What if I said, gee, my business has got all the amazing people I need right now. I'm just going to be in phase one. I still would have been there for Jesse Lee when she went through what she went through. We'd still be best friends. But she wouldn't have wanted to sign up with somebody who said they were done. People want to run with people that are running. Remember every time that you want to quit. That if you're talking to a new person, they're looking for somebody whose enthusiasm level inspires them to great enthusiasm, not somebody who feel, who's done and gone into management mode. So if you ever wonder why some people that you have good relationships with are electing to go another direction, it may be because they want somebody who's got a full tank and has still got their eye on the horizon to run with. Well, Lisa, okay. A lot of that needs to be reset because, wow. Uh, so much of that. So for those of you who don't know, I met Lisa four years ago now or something like that. I was in a different business. You've heard the story. People have listened at all to the people's mentor. So it's not the business that we're currently in together. And like she just said, well, so much of what she said, by God, if she had been in management mode, like she, she just mentioned, I would not 
she knows this. The conversation we had, I said, Lisa, I'm going frontline to a company. My next company, I'm not having a sponsor. Every sponsor I've ever had has let me down. They are lazy. They cannot keep up. They piss me off. I was a little bit angrier back then. <laughs> I needed ketones, my God. Uh, but I was so sick of seeing leaders that are collecting these checks and are in management mode. And it's like she just said, you see these people leaving your organization because you have a, sure, you have a great relationship with them, but you are not inspiring them. You are not making them want to do anything because you, my friends, I love you. You are in management mode. And there's nothing more disheartening for a leader who wants to run to even in their, their subconscious go, oh my gosh, but I'm making this idiot money. Forget about it. I know I'm good. I'm going to go join something else. I'm going to go frontline. I'm going to join somebody with energy. I'm going to do whatever. So I love that you said that. And I love that you said, all you really need is energy and enthusiasm because there I'm good now. I won't even deny it. Okay. I am, I am a world-class network marketer. I'm aware. But even when I was trash and Lisa never met me in the trash phase, but she, she knows that I was probably pretty bad and she's watched an evolution over the last few years. Even when I was bad, even when my Facebook lives had no views, even when I would get in front of a room and accidentally break every single rule in policies and procedures and stumble over my words, she's giggling really hard, by the way, I know you guys can't see her, and I was like a hot mess, I talked even faster than I do now, it was nonsensical, My, I mean, it was ADHD on, on acid, I swear, my energy and my enthusiasm carried me for years and years and years of this network marketing direct sales thing. It wasn't that I was the best. And I would think that Lisa can probably agree. There were times when she was definitely not the best. She is now. There were times when she wasn't the best, but she was just more energetic than other people. She had more enthusiasm than other people. And it's like she said, people want to run with people who are running. And so she just kept running. The other thing I want to recap is she said, just be open because you don't know when somebody's life is going to change. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes of somebody's life. You don't know how somebody's business might look so good. And next thing you know, they're terminated or whatever, you know, they, they go through a divorce and they're forced to get rid of their business. And so they start something new and they need an ally. And if you're showing up and you're not in management mode, you can really capitalize on situations like that. Um, I don't mean to interrupt, but by the way, for those of you following the keyword scavenger hunt, the letter for this episode of the podcast, this is episode two of the scavenger hunt, the letter you want to write down is H, like hot dang, Lisa Grossman's good, like holy moly, Lisa's a legend, like uh, ha 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 ha, it's good to be queen, uh, big old H, H, H is the letter for this podcast. Okay, so do you have anything to say about that before we move on? Uh, I think you covered it really, really well, actually. I love that. Okay. All right, so I have a question. I'm going to assume you have partnered in your past with people who have maybe made you a little nervous, a little scared, a little self-conscious maybe. Um, I know sometimes people think, oh, they've made millions of dollars. They don't get scared anymore. Um, can you... Coach us through maybe how you get yourself in a state of mind to approach those scary people, that chicken list of people, the people who make you a little uncomfortable, but you know that they would be great in your business. 
Well, it's really kind of interesting because I think everything is how you look at things. You know, in the very beginning, when you're in phase one, we can teach you, you can learn, you can go Google it, the tactile steps to follow. By the way, nobody does that better than Jesse Lee with the system she puts together, but you can always find how to do it. But knowing why you do it is when the switch changes in your mind. And I think people do what they're less afraid of. So one time I was afraid to approach people for all kinds of reasons. But I think we do what we're less afraid of naturally as human beings. You get to a certain level and you don't care anymore because you're approaching things. But in the beginning, let's not lie to ourselves. We do what we have to do, not necessarily what we want to do. And we do, we do what is less painful of two options. So I used to look at people and think, you know, I, you know, I can't uh, talk to them. But you brought it up earlier, Jesse Lee. For those of you that are listening, we all know someone who's gotten a divorce. Someone that maybe isn't their best friend, but we think we're pretty close to them. And if you look back on that, you'll remember that you found out when you found out they were getting divorced, you were shocked because you were like, oh, my gosh, they always seem so happy. People tend to keep things to themselves when they're embarrassed, mm. like if they have financial issues yeah. or if someone's lost a job or if something's changed. And I used to be afraid of people laughing at me if I went to talk to them. Because I was doing something silly or doing one of those things or whatever it is that people say that they don't know what they're talking about anyway. But one day I realized, and I'll, and I'll take you just because I'm talking to you, Jesse. I decided that I was more afraid of you showing up one day or somebody like you knocking on my door and saying, you know, Lisa, I got to ask you something. I know you're doing something. You've been doing it for a while. Why did you never share it with me? Mm. And I'm not going to tell her because I thought you'd laugh at me. So I'm going to say, oh, well, I didn't really think anything like this would ever be for you. And she said, and, I, and she turns around and says, well, you know, we're losing our house. And had you told me about this a year ago when we had to start dipping into our savings um, and I could have done, maybe done it with you, maybe I wouldn't be losing my house today. That frightens me more than somebody when I say, Hey, want to go change the world with me in the way that entrepreneurs always have by helping people get a better life? And I'm going, ha, 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 you're nuts. I, can deal with it. I can't deal with somebody telling me that I my lack of caring enough about them to be willing to be laughed at might have really caused them harm or not help them get out of harm's way in my life. I just don't want the guilt. So you have to look at every person, turn the friggin' camera around, stop thinking it's about you and every person you talk to, remember it's about them. And regardless of what they decide to do or not to do, don't they deserve to make that choice for themselves? Do we have the right to make other people's choices for them simply because we're afraid we might be a little bit embarrassed or people might laugh at us? I got news for you, gang. You want to get to the top of anything and have a great success in life, no matter how good you are and how nice you are to everybody, there will be haters and people that don't like you. That's okay. Don't give the nice people, the people that need you, a reason to be disappointed in you because you're afraid the people that don't matter are going to hate you. Oh, goodness me. I'd ask you to repeat it, but I don't know if you can. Wow. Oh, God. Y'all hit the rewind button on that. Go back 15 seconds. Listen to that flame that just shot out of her head. Holy cow. That was good. I was writing it and then I just I just stopped writing because I just I got taken aback by your quote. I love that. You're letting people. I mean, whatever. I'm not going to mess up your quote. It was so good. I'm going to I'm going to listen back. Um, I love this, though, because I think 
people are so worried about being judged that they don't realize that the people they need to worry about and the people that need them are right in front of them. But because they're not getting a little uncomfortable, they're not able to actually help the people who need them. And I just think, I think it's such an issue. You know, I know you know this about me, but nobody recruited me into direct sales and network marketing. Nobody invited me to a super Saturday or to a at-home party or to whatever. And it makes me wonder because I know now if I pull the entire network marketing profession, I don't know a single person who would say, ah, no, 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 I don't want her as my frontline recruit. Like, and it's amazing because that means millions and millions of people or however many people knew me at the time. So I guess like tens of thousands of people did not think, oh, let me be a little embarrassed. Let me ha 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 get laughed at. Like you said, potentially at, by Jesse Lee. And they didn't understand that I was actually in a situation where I would have loved to be a network marketer in college instead of working three jobs and carrying 20 uh, course credits as my, as my each semester load so I could graduate early. Like I had the hunger and that goes back to what you said, which is identify people with that attitude, identify people with that hunger in their belly, identify people who seem to just kind of want more and be more and achieve more or just people who are struggling like they need to change and more importantly that they're willing to. So, and I love what you said, who are we to make choices for them? So strong. Who are we to say, oh no, Lisa Grossman doesn't need this. What are you talking about now? 31, 32 years later, she like, come on. Um, so there's a funny, yeah. Tell me something funny. You said nobody recruited you in at the beginning. Yeah. My aunt did for my first company, but over the years, and I haven't done that many things. I wasn't on anybody's list. I wondered, what do I have to do? How good do I have to be that I would get a phone call to this day? People call me to get my opinion on things, but nobody ever calls me to ask me if maybe I'm looking for something or if maybe I would like to get back in the game, uh, which I'm so happy I did here and it all works out the way it's supposed to. But that always bothered me because I thought I bring value. Why don't I get the call? It right. doesn't matter. Because I didn't get the call, she didn't get the call, and we went and made the call. If that's what it takes to get your life changed. Yeah, and it's amazing because I think it happens a lot in our profession where there is, you don't say a big networker who's open, but you look on Facebook and holy, wait, wait, what company are they in? And you're like, why didn't I call Joe Schmo? Golly! Networker then. But I thought I was good enough to get a phone call. Right, I mean... <laughs> What can I say? What can I say? Um, so I have a question though. So you mentioned that now you just don't care. Now you have these conversations, but let's talk to the people who are still in that. Okay. I get it. I need to barf all over myself and message people. What is the, where did you get the confidence to start having those conversations? Was it like, like for me, I started having a lot of conversations when I got fired. So I got fired from my full-time job and it went from, okay, I want to make an extra $1,000 a month. Well, 300, but then it kind of turned to the thousand. I went from wanting to make a thousand dollars a month to, oh crap, I don't have a job. And I went, I went into the, okay, you can laugh at me. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. I have to make money mode. So was there a moment for you that was like that, that switched for you or, or I, I'm just two. curious Two. Okay. No, there were two. The first one is going to be relate to the people that you just asked when they're still in that place where they've never done it. 
Mm-hmm. It happened for me in a grocery store. I was standing in a grocery store behind somebody in a checkout line and she had her kids and she was looking at the cover of one of those tabloid magazines, you know, and she made some comment like, Oh, you know, I just wish my life could be different. And I kept thinking I should say something to her, you know, cause her kids were cute. There was a way to find a start a conversation. And I didn't do it. And I got outside in the checkout line and I was talking to my husband, actually Steve. And I said, you know, I saw this woman. I almost talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he goes, why didn't you? And I said, well, let me think about that. So I didn't talk to her because like everybody else, I was afraid she was going to reject me. So let me be clear of how my mind was working. Somebody that I didn't know who I'd never met would have told me no worse. That was what I was afraid of who I wouldn't have remembered by the time I hit the parking lot. Mm. I was letting this get me down. Most of the people that you are, that know you and love you, uh, they're going to listen to you. And they're, and by the way, and this is another thing I would, I would encourage you. I want you to think about this. If you had a hundred people that you knew and you asked them, Jesse Lee, I would love to share with you what I'm doing. It's probably not for you. And if it isn't, that's okay. But would you be willing to let me spend 30 minutes with you? Mm-hmm. And she says, yes. And she, and then she says, you know, it's not for me. If I had a hundred people that did that, if you had a hundred people that were willing to listen to you and every one of them said, no, they should all be heroes in your story because you will be so good by the time you get through that hundred people that you will be unstoppable and bulletproof. Mm. And the reality is that the reason most people don't get there is they're not willing to go through a hundred people. Guess what? If you are the best person in the whole world, no matter how good you are at this, maybe two out of 10 are going to say yes to looking and maybe two out of 10 of those are actually going to be go run with you and set the world on fire. People aren't numbers, but it is a numbers game. Mm. So if you think about it from a baseball terms, if you're hitting two out of 10, you're in the minor leagues, three out of 10, you're in the hall of fame. You will get better over time. It doesn't really matter what other people do, because if you keep talking, eventually you'll find the right listener. And I maintain that most people don't quit, or at least don't know they quit. Well, we know they've quit. They just stop talking. Yes. And the people that really believe keep talking. So believe in what you're doing, believe in yourself and believe that anybody eventually, if they talk to enough people will find somebody to listen. And only, it only takes one to get started. Okay. So then I've got a question about belief. So how important is belief? And, uh, when you're speaking about, Oh, I, well, you know, people say, I believe, I believe, I believe. How do you really know if somebody believes or not in your 31 years experience doing this? Uh, based on how they respond to adversity because business success in business. I'm afraid you don't get the big bucks because you become the greatest person in the whole wide world at doing the demo and having somebody order your product, which by the way is the foundation of building business. But the big bucks come because you can demonstrate that you can manage emotions starting with your own so that you can help other people manage theirs and that you understand that the, Business is nothing more than dealing with adversity and navigating challenge to get where you want to go. Mm. That is a successful business. Hmm. 
I love that. So their response to adversity. So their response to, and, and actually I want to back it up again because I, I love that to do thing you just told everybody. You said, go through a hundred people, offer them 30 minutes to pitch them. And if you can get through a hundred people and everybody says no, those will be the heroes of your story in the future. Because it's true. I mean, I was told no 16 times before I got number 17, which was a maybe. It wasn't even a yes. <laughs> and I. But how much better did you tell the story times 17? Than you know, I don't know that, it, that those first 17 were any better because I think I did those in about 20 minutes. I was so desperate to make money. But you have a point, right? It started off so messy. It started off not good at all. And as I went through that, I got better and better and better and better and better and better. And, and then if you look at how many parties, by the time I did my hundredth at home event, I was, I was, I was a legend in that company. Right. Um, and, and it's through that adversity. Like you said, if you think that Lisa's never been told no, or that Lisa's never been told she's crazy, that Lisa's never had somebody quit on her or that, or that Lisa's never made a mistake and been yelled at by a CEO or that Lisa's never screwed up shipments or that Lisa's never done all the things that you freak out about. And that's part of the reason you're not winning yet. You're nuts. She's just screwed up more times than you have. I would say. Oh, oh no, no. Absolutely. Because you hit the nail on the head. Somebody once said to me, we don't do as many in-person meetings. We still do them, but not with the repetition that we used to. Because yeah. I used to do eight meetings a week. So I said to somebody once, literally, how do you get to where you're doing a good meeting? He said, oh, do easy. Do a hundred bad ones. I love like, that. Yep. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you will get better over time. Don't worry about your level of skill. Repetition and consistency over time will take care of that. Mm -hmm. Worry about the thoughts you let in your head and the narrative you feed yourself because that flip switch is the difference between making a living and making a fortune. Right. Okay, so let's see. Um, is there anything that you think differentiates a six-figure earner from a seven-figure earner? And if so, what is it? Um, you know, it's kind of funny. We kind of come full circle. I think there's a lot of things that differentiate them, but the number one thing that differentiates them is the size of their vision. Okay. Because here's what I will promise you. I will promise you that we don't get what we want. We get what we picture and we get what we picture by the intentions that we set. And so often people don't set we're always setting intentions. And here would be an example. We, we saw this together. How many people, what they really want is to be fit and healthy and trim and in good shape. But the intention they set is to fit into a pair of jeans or to fit into a dress for a wedding. Mm. So they'll lose weight. They'll gain the weight back. And they say, I'm never successful. No, you got exactly what you wanted. Didn't you get into that dress once? Oh, that's strong. That's strong. You're getting a phone call. I don't think yeah, that's I me. I don't know what's ringing where, but hold on and I'm going to get rid of it. <laughs> what the heck? That's your Facebook. Okay. Yes. Sorry. No worries. So I think that it's the size of your vision and the scope of your vision and believing that you belong there. And I think what happens to a lot of people is they don't understand in the beginning how to, how to set, how to develop the right pictures for this house. If I go out and I talk to somebody and all they've ever lived in is a two bedroom apartment. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, I'm not criticizing, but you ask them, do you want to live in a million dollar home on the Hill? 
They'll say, sure, who wouldn't? Mm. But they don't really see themselves there. You look at the house you're in today and it's magnificent. But when you were that person wanting to make $300 a month to pay the rent in your mom's basement, I could have shown you a picture of that house and you would have said, oh, gee, I'd love to live there. But you couldn't picture it. And no, if you can't picture no way, it, you can't right. do it. Right. So the difference between a six-figure earner and a seven-figure earner is for a seven-figure earner, they're a seven-figure earner when they start because they're they're not they're limitless in their ability to 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 um, believe what is possible. So for them, six figures was a goal, and that may have been as big as the picture could get at that time. But they knew when they got there, stop, clap your hands, jump up and down. Now let's go back and construct the next picture. And a lot of other people get to six figures and they think they've arrived, and they think the way to get to seven figures is that a bunch of other people are getting their business and pushed them there. Instead of that they have to leave people there. I love that. Did you all hear that? They get to six figures. It's almost like they get comfortable and then they wait for the other people to arrive to shove them to seven. But you have to be the one who sees it, believes it in order to make it, make it happen. And it's so true what you said, because I remember when I was living in my mom's basement and it was like me when I moved into then an apartment, I was like, oh, this is so great. And then I loved and was obsessed with my luxury condo because that was my next big upgrade. And then I remember my luxury apartment after that. And then I remember I was just looking at this literally on the internet last week. I just had it pulled up. The house I still own in Maryland, right? It's an investment property now. I remember seeing the pictures of that house and being like, oh my God, I have a four-story townhouse. It cannot get better than this. Wow. Right? And then it's like, I, I find the castle in Texas and I'm like, good God, I'll never need a house bigger than this. Do you remember that? I said, Lisa, I'll never, I do. I'll live here did forever. Remember, did you remember what I said? You're like, okay. I don't remember. What did you say? I said, you, I said for now. And I said, but it's going to get bigger and bigger because but that's not even that you need such a big house. It's not nice you to do with that. You're just a naturally gregarious person who attracts people. You're like me, you like to have lots of people over. And as you got more and more people that knew you and loved you, wanted to spend time around you, the castle was getting to be like shoving people in a closet. Seriously. But it's crazy because it was my vision then, right? It's like, yeah, it always expands. I, I did a retreat at a house that looks very similar to the house that I live in now crazy and now I, I I move in and I actually did a live about this I'm like what's the next house you know like what is the next house because I just know that as my vision continues to grow like you said going from you know we're at multiple sevens now but then when you get to eight figures nine figures my god what are we gonna do no one's gonna stop us it's like, wow, but you're right. It all starts with that vision. And I was never relying, just like I'm sure you, we're not relying on the person to get us there. It's like one of, I don't know if you can relate to this, but one of my biggest, oh, I'm going to punch it in the face, not really, kind of things that drives me nuts is when you talk to people about network marketing and they say, I'm just looking for the one. I'm just looking for my one person. I'm going to find the one person. I just want to, I sounded like Donald Trump just then. What just happened? Like I was listening to the, the whatever. Uh, like who is the, there is no one person. You're the one person. One person. You're yeah, the you're one. The you're the one. So I love that you said that because I know we have so many six figure earners in our business who it's like, they're like, who do I need to recruit? Who, who is it? And I'm like, baby, it's you. You. So I, do you have anything else to elaborate on that? 
You know, this is kind of cliche, but I think that you should become the person you want to recruit because the people you recruit are going to be, are just like you anyway. Yes. So if you want to recruit better people, get better. Mm. I love that. So if you could give us maybe just to kind of close this out, maybe three tips on how to get better. Like you just said, give us three quick tips and then I'll let you go. Cause I know you got another zoom to be on. <laughs> okay. Um, belief. I think there's nothing more important than belief because belief is what drives everything else. And remember what you believe to be true for all intents and purposes is true for you. So you have to constantly challenge your assumptions so that you can discover the truths that serve you. Mm. If what you believe isn't getting you where you want to go, go out and examine that belief and find the belief that takes you where you want to go. That's number one. Number two is consistency as a skill trumps all others because repetition makes you better at anything. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you have no talent for it, no love for it, no passion for it. You will get better through consistency. And lastly, most people don't plug in to what they are doing and play the full game. This isn't a sprint. It's not even a marathon. It's a lifetime commitment to staying in the game. You know, you need to plug in and stay in the game because as you do it, so will those that follow you do it, but not as well as you. So think about that. On the flip side, I know you can do it. If you are questioning, if you don't have the belief in yourself right now, I believe in you, Jesse believes in you. And if we believe in something, it manifests. So we'll give you 75% of the belief. You only have to supply 25%. And when you get to where you believe like us, make sure you do that for other people. I love this. So believe consistency and plug in. And I love what you said about this is not a sprint. I like to teach people it's a marathon of sprints. You're going to be, That's you're going to be sprinting for a very, very long time. Many, 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 many times in a row to get where you want to go. It's a marathon of sprints. And I love your, um, your, your, what, what you're doing. People are going to duplicate. And I always say, and I, I probably got this from you. It's like your best person at most, you should expect to do half of what you're doing at best. Oh, no question. No question. You know what the funny thing is? And I'll leave it at this. Um, Good, the bad stuff duplicates like digital. Every copy is perfect, but better. Yeah. The good stuff duplicates like digital. I mean, like analog. It's not quite as good and not quite as good and not quite as good. I, I think people read the other. <laughs> um, so I think that um, be the person you want to recruit. And I'll leave you with this thought. I don't know what day you're going to listen to this, but for us, it's Fantastic Friday as we record it. So for Fantastic Friday, I'm going to mythically deposit 100 new recruits in your business. And every one of them works the business exactly the way that you do. They show up the way that you do. They have the enthusiasm level you do. They have the compassion and listening skills to other people that you do. They do everything just like you. What does your business look like? Is you and that hundred person army I just gave you going to go take over the friggin' world with your awesomeness and deliver the goodness to the people that are waiting to hear it? Or does the picture look somewhat different? And if it looks somewhat different, all you need to do to change it is flip the switch and make a decision to be the awesome one. I love it.
it. God, you're so good. I am so blessed to have you as my upline in this business. More blessed to have you as my friend. I love you. I appreciate you so much. And if you got value from this, all I ask you to do, of course, is to share this sucker out. Make sure you screenshot this. Put it in your story. Let people know the good word of Lisa Grossman. And I love that. That mythical Friday. If I'm telling you right now, I would be pumped to have 100 Jesse Lee's frontline to be out. Oh my God, we're taking over the world. So I hope you had the same reaction to yourself when she asked you that question. And if not, how much of this podcast are you going to implement so that you can have that feeling about yourself and in your business? Lisa, I love you. I appreciate you. I, I cherish you. our relationship. You, you have absolutely made this business a blessing to be part of. And uh, I'm grateful every day to have you in my life. So thank you. I'm thank you. For you. Thank I you. I love you. Thank you.